Hey, everybody. He's Thornton Mellon. She's Vanessa. I'm Lou. No, wait, that ain't it. He's Jason. She's Dr. Diane Turner. I'm Derek. That ain't it either. This may not be back to school, but we are going back to school this week with Vikings Report through and Ted Drewster. How are you? Hey, boys. How you doing? Back to school. That's what I call marine biology. Hey, boys, here's a couple of pens in case you learn how to write. Hey, folks, it's on me. Shakespeare for everyone, okay? Yeah, shake it up, baby! Back to school. I don't get no respect, Dad. You know what I mean? None at all. Why don't you call me sometime when you have no class? That was pretty good. Next time, hold the pipe along. <laughs> That's my best line of the movie. Oh, God, what, what a great, great show. Set up Sam Kinison, probably one of the top top ten movie moments of filmmaking history. Professor Turgeson, I believe. <laughs> Professor Turgeson. Oh, the great Sally Kellerman passed away last year. Downey Jr. <laughs> yeah, Robert Downey Jr. That's one of his earlier roles. You know, the 80s had a lot of killer movies, Ted. It did. That was a good movie, too. That was a great movie. Rodney Dangerfield. There's only one of those guys, Ted. You know, you talk about Sam Kinison. I don't know if you remember the funniest 15 or 20 minute stand-up routine I ever I've ever seen in my life to this day. <laughs> when Rodney Dangerfield used to have his comedy special on HBO every year. And Sam Kinison had his debut on that HBO special. <laughs> I was in college at Ohio State at the time. I was a freshman and I lived with three other dudes in this condo. I worked at Godfather's Pizza. And I had closed. I got back to our place. There's like seven or eight guys in my house. And they're all on the floor. And they're in some sort of, I don't know, spasm or laughing, trying to catch their breath or whatever. And I thought somebody had brought something over. And they were all having a kind of a medical reaction to it. I need two more glasses for the girls. And also bring a pitcher of beer every seven minutes till somebody passes out. And then bring one every ten minutes, right? <laughs> And I'm like, what the hell's going on? And somebody got up and they rewound it. They had it. They recorded it for me on ECR and rewound it. I thought I was going to pass out like three or four times watching that first routine. What about say it? Say it! <laughs> say it! Say it! <laughs> All right. You want to know why? I'll tell you why. Because <laughs> Trevor is too much of a pussy whip to go across 38 parallels to blow away those comedy bastards. Good answer. Tootsies, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing good. I just have one question. What's yeah. that? Someone please tell me why Kirk Cousins wasn't doing this all year long. <laughs> <laughs> Kirko change with Kirko wheels would have been a nice combination this year. I don't know. Hey, Tootsies, the league is on its way to flag football. So that should probably work in his favor when they're not tackling in three years. Did you watch any of those Pro Bowl games this past weekend? I haven't watched anything related to the Pro Bowl since the 80s. You know, we're pointing out that uh, violent ground acquisition games such as football is, in fact, a crypto-fascist metaphor for nuclear war. I used to watch it all the time. I used to think it was a pretty good game, actually, with, with all that. In. But, yeah, it would be nice for once to not have any Vikings in it because they're all getting ready to play in the Super Bowl, you know, the next week. But whatever. So close, so close, but we did take another step towards that this week. We got old season over with, except for Super Bowl Sunday. We are back in the saddle with our draft presentations, aren't we? We start now. Yeah, yeah we, we got a lot going on. Show 89, episode 89. Yeah, Matt Hatchett. We got Vikings NFL news, big news in the coaching ranks of the Minnesota Vikings this past week. Going to talk about that. 
ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! The one, the only, the Drew Big Board is returning this week. We're going to start our off-season positional reviews. We're going to break down quarterbacks, just like we did last year. We're going to go over the guys on the roster. We're going to look at any potential free agents that may or may not be realistic for the Vikings to sign or to look at. And then Drew is going to cover his quarterback prospects on his quarterback big board. Drew, how well did you do last year in terms of the prospects on your big board being picked? Do you have that number off the top of your head? I do have that number. Last year, I had... 81.67 81.67 of my guys got drafted out of my 180. My record's 83. Good answer. Good answer. That's pretty good. So, yeah, we got a big show lined up. Before we do that, though, want to talk to you about a couple things. Before we get going, we want to tell you about a website that we were affiliated with. It's called Purple Pain Forms purplepainforms.com. It's a great message board full of smart, intelligent, funny Vikings fans, specifically Vikings focused, but there's plenty of off topic subjects to talk about the college football, the NFL draft, even stuff that has nothing to do with sports. If you're into that, we are the official podcast and, and YouTube program for Purple Pain Forms. They are our official website slash message board funky town and dan chat do a great job of moderating that board and keeping the topics lively and moving and everything else great place to go talk vikings football check it out when you get a chance the other place i want to talk to you about is our little humble corner of the internet vikingsreport.com on vikingsreport.com you get all our social media contacts for both twitter and facebook none of us are on instagram none of us are on tiktok because that's a commie spy program Over on VikingsReport.com, you can check out our prize vault. We've also got merchandise from Zazzle.com. You can get a mug. You can get a travel mug. You can get a beer stein. So go over there when you get a chance to check those two websites out. All right, look, before we get going, Drewster? Yeah? What time is it? Ted, I'm cooler than you are. So why don't you fix your little problem and light this candle? He's right. Light this candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. All right, I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. Yeah. Episode 89 is now off and running. Let's rock and roll, Ted. We are underway. There's a big game just tomorrow, a little over 24 hours from now. Yeah. The Super Bowl. A game the Minnesota Vikings haven't been in since 1977, the 1976 season. That's amazing, dude. Isn't it? It's like 15,000, 16,000 days. Anyways, Eagles and Chiefs, you know, we talked about on our live show last weekend, we talked about NFC, AFC championship games. Don't think we really made a prediction. I'm not sure if we did or not. Can't remember that far back in my life anymore. Drew, (laughs) who do you like in the Super Bowl tomorrow? I'm going to take the Eagles, Ted Glover. Are you? I'm old school. I always fall back to the defense, and I'll take 70 sacks in the number one pass defense. I'll take that all day long. As much as I hate to say it, I'm not a big Eagles fan. None of us are, Ted. I'm going to pick them as well. And look, my youngest grandson, Josh, he's five. He's really starting to get into football, and he's kind of liking the Eagles. And it would be kind of cool if his current favorite team, which will change like next week when football season starts from week to week, probably. Josh, no longer. <laughs> 
going to cut him out of the will if he keeps it up. He's a Vikings fan, but he picked the Eagles for the playoffs. He's going to watch the game with me. I'm going to watch him watch the game. I'm going to have more fun doing that probably than the game itself. Eagles are sitting on the verge of being there three or four times. They got a good team. Ruby, are you going to pick a winner in this Super Bowl tomorrow, or do you even care? I don't care, but there's no way I'm picking the Eagles for anything. (laughs) (laughs) I'll pick Kansas City. Yeah, I don't blame you. All right, so that's it. Super Bowl, then the NFL offseason gets in full swing. Minnesota Vikings offseason started a few weeks ago after their playoff loss to the New York Giants in the wild card round. One of the first orders of business they had to do was hire a defensive coordinator after they fired Ed Donatel. Drew, when when the Catholic Church elects a new pope, the phrase they have is Hobbimus Pontifex, I think it is. I was wondering what that was on my sheet. Minnesota Vikings release purple smoke out of headquarters in Egan. Hobbimus coordinator, baby. Brian Flores gets the job. B-Flow. B-Flow, like flow from Alice? Yeah. But this thing's going to be, kiss my blitz. Tell her she can kiss my grit. <laughs> kiss my blitz. <laughs> I was thinking of flow from Progressive Insurance, but that works too. Let's go get you an ice cream cone, champ. The sprinkles? The sprinkles are for winners. Same difference. She's one of my favorite gals too. Last week during our show, we were on the air with our good buddy Christopher Gates. They had not picked the coordinator and it kind of seemed like Ajiro Averro was the Vikings leading candidate and then not much longer after we got off the air he was picked by the Carolina Panthers kind of out of nowhere to be their defensive coordinator and it felt that with Brian Flores and Mike Pettin still in the running Flores was going to do a second interview for the Arizona Cardinals head coaching gig and it just was sort of really iffy And the Vikings closed the deal Tuesday night when Flores was scheduled to interview for the Cardinals again Wednesday morning. And there was a tweet put out by Vikes fans. We'll put this up on the board. said, we shudder to tweet this as people demand our sources, but we understand Flores pulled his name out of the Arizona head coaching running since KOC and Kweisi, Adolfo Mensa, laid out a plan for him here. He preferred it, even as a defensive coordinator, to working with Kyler Murray and going into a more unknown scenario as the head coach of the Cardinals. So the Vikings got their guy. Drew, are you happy about this? You you, you fired up about the hire? I'm very happy with it, with uh, Flores coming over here. He's got a lot of experience, and he's got an attacking scheme, and that's what we need here. Yeah. And I know I've spoken in the past few shows about uh, Averro coming over, but I think he took the Carolina job because they basically have a better defense than us right now. Is she right? Because I know that's the popular version of what went on there. The Vikings defensive coordinator job is going to be a challenge, but he is not gun shy at all. Play his kind of scheme, send guys from every direction, and he's not scared. And this Vikings team has been coached scared for 10 years, and I'm sick of it. I'm glad he's here. And he played linebacker for Boston College. He was a good linebacker there, so he's actually played defense. Flores is a great football coach. How different is this scheme going to be? Let, let me give you a couple numbers here. Former Vikings defensive coordinator Ed Donatel. He blitzed less than 20% of the time last year. I think the number was like 17 or 18 point something percent, the lowest percentage in the NFL. Matt Anderson, a good friend of ours, a friend of the show, has a Vikings happy hour on Climbing the Pocket Network. Brian Flores blitz rates by season with the Dolphins when he was the head coach. He was the head coach there in 2019 to 2021. In 2019, 31%, which was 11th in the NFL. 2020, 40.8%, which was second in the NFL. And 2021, 39.6% which was second in the NFL as well. The Vikings are about to go from the most, probably the most conservative defensive coordinator they've had to arguably the most aggressive one they've had 
and I am here for it, buddy. Kick out, kick out, kick out. We're about to go from my Sharona by the knack to Cashmere by Zeppelin. We're about to get <laughs> serious defense, and I'm stoked about it. I kind of feel that Flores is going to be exactly what KOC needs. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, and like when you look at the Vikings coaching staff, they're assembling some really impressive coaching talent. You've got Kevin O'Connell, the head coach, had a great first year. They now have Brian Flores as a defensive coordinator. You got Matt Daniels as a special teams coordinator. You've got Keenan McCardell, wide receivers coach. He's interviewed for a couple offensive coordinator positions. It just feels like the Vikings are finally going out and hiring the best guys available for the job as opposed to the last four or five years of, well, I'm just going to hire my friend, and then my friend's son need, needs a job, so I'm going to give him a job. A lot of people are talking about your dad. Hey, what's happening? I wonder why. I'm glad it wasn't Petten, because that was going to make me feel bad for six months. I, I mean, he might have ended up being okay, but like, ah, he sucks. You're all right, kid. Nailed it. It just goes back to the old, old NFL retread coach that's been around the block, and he's been a head coach, and he failed. You just get the feeling Mike Pettin got too set in his ways. I'm set the new record for the most consecutive losses by a diving coach in this conference. <laughs> kind of like Donatel was. It would not have been an energetic hire. He's kind of like that economics teacher was to uh, Thornton Mellon. <laughs> maybe maybe kickbacks and payoffs are how you do business, but they are not part of the legitimate business world. <laughs> now, we need a location for our factory, Ted. How about Fantasyland? <laughs> <laughs> what about Flores turning down a head coaching job to come work here? What does that say about Arizona, dude? It says an awful lot. I don't know about the entire franchise, but it's yet another thing about people reluctant to work with Kyler Murray. What's with the midget over here? That one... Hey, wait, I got more. Yeah, it, it's got to be less money, right? Between a head coach and a coordinator gig, sure. And credit to the Vikings here. Instead of waiting for Flores to get that interview, they said, no, no, here, here's the deal. We're going to go get our guy, and we're going to do whatever it is we need to to convince him to sign here. And I don't know what they told him. I'm obviously not privy to at that information, but it must have been awfully impressive to say, you know what, I'm not even going to interview for a head coach job because – I'm really excited about what I can do in Minnesota. And I think that just goes back to the way things ended for him in Miami. It was very dysfunctional. You had the accusations that he leveled about the owner wanting him to tank games. And then Mike Tomlin said, you know, I wasn't going to approach him. But then when I saw his opportunities start to dry up, I wanted him on my staff. I went out and called him. And I don't know that Mike Tomlin invented locker room culture, but he sure has damn near perfected it in Pittsburgh. And I think Flores just craves that stability and culture. Hats off to Quasi Adolfo Mensa and Kevin O'Connell yes. closing the deal. Yeah, and I think they realized they made a uh, mistake with Donatel, but they wanted experience. They didn't want to yeah. have to worry about the defense last year. Yeah, but Sure, you don't have to worry, but he has a lot of years. He just didn't have the philosophy to bring it bring it home the vikings needed to handle this and they got it handled he's excited to come apparently he likes the roster and when you look at scene and booth and all the guys that weren't there last year that probably makes him more excited all right so that's pretty much it for for vikings land but now folks i'm pretty happy to announce that uh, that we are bringing back my absolute favorite segment of this show other than maybe when we do the big board preview during the season and it's the positional breakdowns yeah, we're going to do these every week between now and the draft. What we're going to do is we are going to take 
each position. We're going to look at the guys currently on the roster. We're going to look at potential free agents, and we are going to look at the draft with Drew's big board that he does for every position every year. And he does a great job every year. I can't wait to get to it. And this year, as always, we start with the most important position in professional sports. The long snapper. (laughs) No, I mean the quarterback. Can we get some trumpets? There, now we're ready to kick off. All right, the quarterback position. Kirk Cousins is the topic of every offseason discussion with the Vikings ever since he signed with Minnesota back in 2018. So Kirk's going into his last year of his contract. Last year, if you remember, he signed an extension that gets him through this year. The contract voids after the 2023 season, and he can become an unrestricted free agent. When they renegotiated the deal, once again, they agreed that they would not give him the franchise tag. They also threw in a no-trade clause. He's 35. Kirk has been good for six years. He has. Have the Vikings gotten to the Super Bowl? No. He's only gotten to the playoffs twice. He's only won one game in the postseason. But you could do a lot worse than Kirk Cousins as your quarterback. However, with 35 years old, you've got to start thinking about your quarterback of the future. Right. And the way I see it, the Vikings have three options when it comes to Kirk. Now, if you think I'm wrong on any of these, tell me. He can play out his contract in 2023. He becomes an unrestricted free agent. The Vikings and Kirk move on. I would think to do that, they would have to draft the guy in this draft. The only problem with that, they've got a first-round pick, which is 23rd overall. They don't have a second-round pick. That was part of the TJ Hawkinson trade. In the third round, they pick 87th. They got picks in the fourth and fifth round. They're projected to get a couple comp picks in the sixth round. So that's one option. The second option, which is kind of what I'm leaning towards right now, they give Kirk maybe a one- or two-year extension. That would create cap space this year. I've read anywhere from 18 to $23 million in cap space an extension would give the Vikings with a Kirk Cousins extension. That would add dead money into out years like all extensions do. And his current dead cap numbers for 24 are $12.5 million and 6.25 in 25. Either way, if they don't give him an extension or they give him a one- or two-year extension, He's only got two, maybe three seasons here at the most. So I think the Vikings are at a crossroads. And every year, God help me, every year people talk about trading Kirk Cousins, and I get sick of it. However. However, being our draft situation. That, and if you think the Vikings are going to let Kirk walk in a couple years, exploring a trade option for Kirk is not the absolute worst idea, I wouldn't think. Right. Now, he has to waive his no-trade clause. If he doesn't, then it doesn't matter. He's playing. You're not trading. I think Quasia Dofomensa has to ask himself this question. Can the Minnesota Vikings win with Kirk and rebuild the defense, or is it pay Kirk or rebuild the defense? Which one do you think the answer to that question is, first of all? You gave three scenarios, basically, and I think number two is the most viable. I think the first thing they look at, they look down this quarterback draft board and think, is our guy here for the future? Because the one thing about the quarterbacks in this class, I only see one starter. They're all developmental guys. Okay. So you're going to need a guy that's going to be developmental. I mean, next year, maybe another season. Or do you wait till next year with J.J. McCarthy and all those guys hit? You like the pool better next year or this year? Without Kirk Cousins, what do we do? Look at the free agent pool. What do they do for 2023, Ted, without Kirk Cousins? It would have to be a bridge or an interim guy. And like everybody says, well, you're not going to trade Kirk. Let me throw out the San Francisco 49ers just as an example. Okay. You know, Brock Purdy was their guy. Well, first it was Trey Lance, and he got hurt. 
And then Jimmy G played, and he played pretty well. Then he got hurt, and then Brock Purdy came in and pretty much set the NFL on its ear. And the 49ers said Brock Purdy is their guy. And then he tore his UCL in the NFC Championship game against Philadelphia, and he could very well need Tommy John surgery, and he's out for the year. Right. Jimmy Garoppolo is an unrestricted free agent. Trey Lance is coming off that ankle injury. If you're Kyle Shanahan, who has a good relationship with Kirk Cousins from their time together in Washington, I would think Kirk would be a very attractive candidate to possibly trade for. Everybody talked about Tom Brady going to the 49ers with Brady's retirement. That's not going to happen. And so you ask me, who would the 2023 quarterback be? Well, the 49ers don't have a first and second round pick. They used those in previous trades, one of them to get move up and get Trey Lance. If they think Kirk is the guy that can get them over the hump, I would think offering Trey Lance and maybe a third-round pick and maybe a pick next year, whatever, would get that deal done if Kirk is willing to waive his no-trade clause. So would you be willing to go with a guy like Trey Lance as your Vikings quarterback, understanding the Vikings are probably going to look at somebody else in the draft if Lance doesn't work out. Because, you know, look, he was a hype dude coming out of college. Yeah, well, there's a lot of hype people that end up being a dung heap. doesn't matter yeah. how hyped you are, yeah. how, you can, how you can play at the next level. That would be a really onions move. I mean, you're kind of putting a lot of the eggs in the basket for Trey Lance. You know, you get Trey Lance, he doesn't work out, and then your draft pick quarterback doesn't work out, then you're, you're kind of screwed. If it happened, it would be certainly workable. The thing about Kirk Cousins is, and I think Shanahan knows this, Kirk Cousins, one of the drawbacks with him is every year it's something with him. He didn't have the right receivers. He didn't have the right offensive line. Let's wait till the offensive line gets worked out. He had a crappy defense. Let's get the defense worked out. He had this. He had this. Every year it's something. And with Mahomes and Josh Allen, you got guys that can overcome deficiencies. Every team has flaws. You can't yes. keep saying every year, well, if this was different, Kirk would be better. You have to have a quarterback that could be better even when you got flaws on the team or deficiencies. You have to. I don't know if that's true, but that's the knock on. So I yeah. don't know if Shanahan thinks Kirk Cousins is going to get him over the hump. He didn't get us over the hump yet. Kirk Cousins has been a good quarterback, like you said, for six seasons. Mm -hmm. If anything, he's gotten progressively better every year. Yeah. So right now is the time you want to use him. I'd like to keep him around and give him a shot and having Flores on the defense. But if they trade him, what are you going to do? I, I wouldn't do that. Trey Lance hasn't proven anything. He hasn't. But the one thing that, that's kind of bugged me about the Vikings with their veterans that they've had on the roster over the years is they hang on to them too long. That's true. When they could get something back in value in terms of a trade, they don't do it. And then by the time they decide it's time to move on, there's really no market for that player. I would argue this maybe last year, but this is probably the highest peak Kirk will be in terms of trade compensation returning to the Vikings. So that's something I think they have to look at. I agree. But up to this point, he hasn't gotten a team to the Super Bowl either. You're right. So I, I think it's a matter of 10. I really do. Quasey, O'Connell sitting down, looking at the draft quarterbacks and going, that's our guy. Even if we got to develop him for one or two years, that guy we got to get. But the way the draft set up, a first and a third, you're not going to take a quarterback in the first round. That means you're not going to get a starter until the third round. That's dumb. Right. So if you trade Kirk, you got to take a quarterback early in this draft. You could, but you could also look to the free agent pool. And now you think Kirk's going to be here in, in 2023. I do. I, I do too. I think they're going to do another one-year extension. I don't know that they're going to do two. I do think Kwesi and Kevin O'Connell want to get their guy at quarterback. I think they're going to ride with Kirk at least one more year. So assuming Kirk's here, we, we think that'll be the case. He's the starter. But you know what? Weirder things have happened. Some potential free agents in the quarterback pool, Drew Bunning. Let me, you want me to rattle off some names for you? Yeah, go ahead. 
Baker Mayfield is one right now. Sam Darnold, Jimmy Garoppolo, everybody's favorite human being, Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, geez. Daniel Jones, who I saw earlier this week, is going to is set to make 30 to $35 million a year. If he does not give Ed Donatel 3% gross of his next contract, <laughs> I'm going to be very upset for Ed Donatel because Ed Donatel made Daniel Jones a star this year. Look at the difference of when we played him and Philly played him. Yeah, right. Geno Smith is out there as a potential free agent. And one name people are kind of starting to talk about, and it's really starting to become news, Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, they haven't signed him, have they? And, and I, I saw a thing just a couple days ago where, where the Ravens and Lamar Jackson are over $100 million apart in contract numbers. I, I don't know where that's going to go, but that's something worth monitoring. The injuries the last two seasons got Baltimore kind of worried. Yeah, and, and all that said, look, I, I think if the Vikings do dip into the free agent pool, at quarterback, it's going to be for a backup. Me, personally, I don't know about you, I'd love to see Nick Mullins come back. I, I thought uh, he solidified the backup spot, and when he was asked to play, he played well. I agree. And let's not have any bad karma, but there isn't a more durable quarterback in the league than Kirk Cousins. There's not, no. So you and I are kind of on the same sheet of music so far. Kirk Cousins is going to be back. There's a couple other backups. Jacoby Brissett's out there as a potential no, backup. And Andy Dalton, you mentioned him. Mullins, if you're looking at backup only, I think after a year in Kevin O'Connell's system, Nick Mullins would be the guy. I really think they're going to try and re-sign him and get him back, and I would be very happy with that signing. When you look at a backup, you want a guy that can actually win you a game. Like, who is that putz that was here before him? Mannion, Sean Mannion. No chance of winning a game. No, he shouldn't be zero. a backup. Your backup zero. has to have some chance of winning a game. It's kind of all you look at. Especially when Kirk Cousins is going to be there. He's going to play it out, dude. Yeah. He's tougher than people think. He is. He's tough. He's a tough dude. All right. So that's how we're seeing the roster. Let's move to the greatest segment in sports entertainment. <laughs> the Drew Bunning Big Board for 2023. Take a look at that. Wow. You know, the last five drafts, Ted, there was 56 quarterbacks taken. Only eight hits. Really? You know, guys that ended up like Burrow, Josh Allen, Lawrence, Jalen Hurts. I only count eight that were worth out of 56. So every seven, eight quarterbacks, you get one, whatever it works out to be. You consider Daniel Jones a hit or a miss? He's good. He's not going to win a Super Bowl. Okay. It's a money pick. Everybody wants the franchise quarterback. That's why people overspend. Mm -hmm. Mitch Trubisky. We mm -hmm. see it happen all the time, Ted. If we listed all the, the guys that people invested a bunch into you didn't do anything. Because they need that franchise quarterback. When you look at the Bills and the Chiefs, and they got those guys. Mm -hmm. Everybody's after it, but it's really tough to hit. Last three drafts, there was 13 taken in 2020, 13 quarterbacks. There was 10 drafted in 2021, and nine drafted last year. And the weird thing wow. about last year is I can't remember a, a quarterback didn't get taken until pick 20. Oh, that's right. And after that, it was Malik Willis. Malik Willis, yeah. Usually you see four or five go like I think you're going to see in this draft. I think the quarterback, if somebody drops, that'll be our trade leverage at 23. So let's start looking at your guys. And let, let's start off with the obvious Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and, and Will Levis. Those are obvious first-rounders. I'm seeing a lot of mock drafts with Anthony Richardson going, in some cases, ahead of C.J. Stroud. But you don't have Richardson going until the second or third round. Why is that? I actually have him as late first and second, but I wrote it as a second. You know, he's a very, very good quarterback. But... Bryce Young is the only starter I see out of this group, Ted. Day one starter. 
mean, the other guys are going to have to develop. I don't see any of them being starters. And usually we have two or three that are going to start right away. Now, what you don't want to do is what the Jets did with Zach Wilson. You start him too soon, you ruin him. That should be the example of how you ruin a quarterback. You can give me a quick rundown on Stroud. I think C.J. Stroud is going to be a bust. I love the guys before him. I love the Haskins. I love J.T. Barrett, Cardale Jones. Those guys had a killer instinct. I don't know that I see that in C.J. Stroud. Those guys could put that team on their back and almost will them to victory uh, sure. in, in years when their defense wasn't very good. I just don't see that in C.J. Stroud. Every big game C.J. Stroud has been in, save for the Rose Bowl two years ago, he lost. You know, his legacy is I didn't beat Michigan. I didn't win the Big Ten. I won a bowl game, but when I had a chance at redemption, uh, I lost in the college football playoff. He's still going to go top 10, though. He is, yeah. I mean, look, and people talk about his mechanics and his throwing ability, and everybody who's going to be drafted in the top five or 10 in the first round in the NFL has that ability, or they wouldn't even be considered. Right. When you look at Ohio State games, and and whenever the the camera would cut to C.J. Stroud on the (laughs) sidelines when when Ohio State was not doing well. You used to talk about Kirk Cousins' body language on the sidelines. He would just kind of be by himself. Cam Newton. Yeah, that struck me. I remember you saying that, and I saw that in Stroud a couple times, and I went, whoa. I remember Drew talking about that with with Cousins a couple years ago and and, and other guys. And I want to be wrong. I love C.J. Stroud. He's a good quarterback. He, he did a lot of good things at Ohio State. I just don't see that fire in him that I saw in Dwayne Haskins, for example. He's definitely a guy, if you play him too soon, you're going to ruin him. I think the Bears played Justin Fields too soon, but Fields has so much raw talent and so much understanding of the quarterback position and elusiveness and all that. He just, he's a better football player than Stroud. That's why he didn't get ruined by the Bears. Yeah. I think whoever gets Bryce Young, Ted, they're getting a really good quarterback. I think he's better than Hertz was at this really? stage in his college career. Yeah, I think okay. he, he sees the field better. Keeps his eyes downfield. He's a playmaker. The only problem I ever see with Bryce Young is the accuracy on the deep ball. But other than that, he is NFL ready. He's going to be a good quarterback for whoever moves up to get him. And Chicago's got the number one pick. They're going to stick with Fields. So who knows? Somebody's going to trade up for him. He's going to go number one. It's going to be because somebody traded up. That's how I see it. That all makes a lot of sense. Let's say the Vikings look at like a developmental guy. Let's let's assume Quasi Dolphamensa makes some trades, you know, gets extra picks in the second round, third round trades down, and there might be guys there in the third or fourth round. Names that are sticking out to me, Herndon Hooker, Max Duggan, Stetson Bennett. What do you think of those mid-round guys like that? Is there a guy in there that you like, maybe? I'm going to take Young, Stroud, Levis, and Richardson off the board. Right, okay. I think we have a chance at them, and probably even Tanner McKee. Okay. But Tanner McKee is the guy, he's the most pocket quarterback, Kirk Cousins type of quarterback in this draft. He doesn't run. He is the one pocket guy, Tanner the Giant, Ted, six foot six, dying breed of the prototypical pocket quarterback. He's really good. He's got arm talent, did everything you could possibly want for Stanford, tough competitor. That's why I got him ranked at number five. A lot of people don't have Tanner McKee ranked as high as I got him. Okay. But I, I think he has potential. If he could speed up that process a little more in his brain, this quarterback thing always comes down to how fast you can process information. That and accuracy, Ted. If you got yep. those two things, you'll make it. If you don't, you're going to wash out. That's how it goes. He's not a very athletic guy, but I think he's certainly somebody, if they want to stick with the Kirk Cousins type of quarterback, he's the one guy in the draft that has that capability. You think the prototypical pocket passer is a guy that can, when, when the Vikings do decide to go get their, their quarterback in the future, do you think it's going to be a, a drop back guy? Because when you look at O'Connell's time in L.A., 
he had he had Jared Goff, Matt Stafford, and now he's got Kirk Cousins. One of the biggest problems with quarterbacks coming from college to pros nowadays, they put them in one system. Spread offense, throw it deep. Spread off, shotgun, throw it deep. Shotgun, throw it deep. They, they don't transition well because it's all new to them. Yeah. Coming into the NFL. That's why Bryce Young's going to work because he's in the NFL type of offense already. Mm-hmm. But some of these guys like Malik Cunningham, Duggan, Jaron Hall from BYU, they're all going to have to learn a new system and it's going to take time. Hendon Hooker, all his passes were predetermined. This is where you're going to throw it on this play. This is what you're going to do every play. So that breaks down on the innovative end of it, you know, the instincts and stuff. Super talented guy, played against top competition, Hendon Hooker. 3,100 yards, 30, 32 touchdowns and only two picks. Wow. Against pretty good competition. Yeah, SEC. That's pretty good. You combine the arm strength and the slippery in the pocket, you think he's going to be a good player. 25 years old, I don't know if he's going to get any better than what he is, but there's a lot of guys like, do you want a vertical quarterback, RPOs, zone read guy? You want Jaron Hall, Jack Hayner. I really like Jack Hayner from Fresno State. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks in this draft. Jaron Hall, hopefully... Wilson, the Cougar Hunter, didn't ruin it for all BYU quarterbacks. <laughs> I think Jaron Hall actually is going to be a little bit better in the long run. Only played 29 games at BYU, but that guy's got a live arm, playmaker out of the pocket, creative playmaker. You know, he's got to develop too. He's got to change into a different system. Why is back-to-back national champion Stetson Bennett not a first-round guy? That's an interesting guy that we have to talk about because 68% completion percentage, 4,100 yards, 27 touchdowns, and only seven picks. That guy accounted for 4,000 yards at Georgia and 500 rushing yards. Yeah. And 40 touchdowns combined with running and passing all over the place. But with Bennett, there's always that, was it the team or was it the quarterback when it comes to that guy? You know, was it the Georgia defense, which is NFL-level defense every year, stud-wide receivers, he's got a tremendous running game, good offensive line. How much is Bennett and how much was the Georgia Bulldogs responsible for that? I'll say this. I bought into all of that and then I watched him play against Ohio State if there's a team with as close to the amount of NFL talent that Georgia has it would be Ohio State and Ohio State what Ohio State was doing very well against Georgia they had the lead and I would argue Stetson Bennett did a lot to will Georgia to come back and win that football game I mean Bennett played a whale of a football game. That told me everything I needed to know about Stetson Bennett. I know, look, he's not 6'2", 6'3". I think if he was, he'd be a first-round guy. But he's, what, 5'11 five, five, and a half? I don't even think he breaks six feet. If he's sitting around in the fourth round, I'd be cool if Vikings took a flyer on him. But that's just me. Well, his arm strength is questionable. He does have that it factor when willing his team to victory. Probably the number one guy in college football last year for that. But mm-hmm. – the Vikings might be the right fit because they got a lot of great players. And he also plays pretty much safe. Stetson Bennett is the check down guy. He likes to go to check downs and he loves the tight end mm-hmm. uh, with that guy with Brock Bauer or whatever his name is. If Stetson Bennett was the Vikings quarterback, TJ Hawkins would get 32 passes a game. <laughs> Stetson Bennett loves the tight end spot, which isn't a problem if you can move the team. But yeah, I will agree with you. He has that dig down and get it done. He seems kind of fearless. Yeah. and. Sure, he's got to develop a little bit, but he's used to winning. That's part of the winning culture. I probably could have had him ranked maybe a little higher than what I got at 10. But you got a defense like that that allows five points a game. You can do whatever you want on offense. Yeah. Can he deal with the speed of the game? He's going to be interesting to track, Stetson Bennett, to see which end of that it falls on.
if the Vikings go mid round and, and decide to take a flyer on a guy, would Bennett be your guy or would it be somebody like Max Duggan or maybe Malik Cunningham in later rounds? Jack Hayner would be my number one. Malik Cunningham, he's like a poor man's Lamar Jackson. Yeah. You know, he has a great runner, very exciting runner, very electric runner. Can get out of trouble and get a lot of yards with his feet. Mm-hmm. That guy has the worst mechanics I think I've ever seen. And his accuracy is terrible. And defensive coordinators are going to chew him up. That's why I had to lower him to 12, because he has so much work to do. Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? That's not, no, and that's not all his fault. That's what I'm talking about, the college system, building these quarterbacks. They let him do one thing. You know, if you don't see your first progression, run. But that hurts him going to the next level when you can't do that. You got to become a quarterback. You got to become a passer, dude. You have to. And he's so far behind on the passing mechanics. I don't know if Malik Cunningham's going to work out, but he's the closest to have a chance to be Lamar Jackson in this draft because of his elusiveness and his running ability. Would you take a flyer on him in like the sixth round? No. Okay. I took a flyer on Richie Cunningham before I took a flyer on Malik Cunningham. Okay. Oh, yeah? I was just looking for a good college to go to. Then there's Aiden O'Connell from Purdue. You watch that guy, tremendous, tremendous toughness, competitive. Gets his helmet knocked off. He's going to be in there for the next play. Yeah. A lot of poise in the pocket, but he has no arm strength. I would argue Jeff Brom got the most out of Aiden O'Connell at Purdue. Yes, I think so, too, because that's not a real quarterback school. Not lately, no. You know, I watched him in that game against Michigan. If he'd had a better offensive line, they'd had a better chance. Yeah. He's certainly one of those guys that has that gamer gene, though. Never give up. Gamer down the field. Really like Clayton Toon, Ted. Why's that? Besides Jake Hayner. Jake Hayner. Where, where do I got him at? Eight. He went to Washington State, couldn't beat out Jacob Eason, so he transferred to Fresno State. When he got there, all he did was break the records of both David and Derek Carr, all their passing records. Really? Yes. He is a great quarterback. Two weeks ago at the Senior Bowl that was just on TV, mm-hmm. he was the MVP of that game. I think Christian Ponder was the MVP of that game. Okay, that just killed everything I just said. <laughs> no, you know what I like about him? I like those quarterbacks that are – instinctual that it can throw guys open mm-hmm. he just seems to have a good feel like you know like a Favre type thing so why do you have him so far down then he needs to be bigger and stronger he's got some developmental things he's got going on he's not a guy that like a Josh Allen's gonna walk in and like rule the offense or anything most people think he's just gonna be a backup I think you can make something better out of him he reminds me of Taylor Heineke and Hayner is one of those guys that's going to go as far as their quarterback knowledge with the team goes. If it's an NFL team with a great quarterback coach and a head coach who understands the quarterback coach in development and mechanics, he's going to do well. If he goes to the Cardinals, he ain't going to do well. <laughs> Last guy I put on Vikings watch is Clayton Toon. 2022, 67% completions, 4,000 yards, 40 touchdowns. A lot of these guys are senior one-year wonder guys. Mm-hmm. Look at all these numbers they put up in the senior year. And they get drafted and they dump out. Clayton Toon had just the same kind of numbers in 2021 as he had in 2022. That says a lot to me about it wasn't a fluke. Yeah. Great accuracy on the short to intermediate stuff. All the short stuff that the Vikings like to do. Mm-hmm. Throwing guys open. Hitting them in stride, which can make a difference in yardage. He's very mobile. He's a great leader. Guys love playing with him. Clayton Toon would certainly be a guy you can get a late. 6'3", 220. He's got good size, Ted. Oh, prototypical size for a QB. Yeah, and you don't have to spend a fourth or fifth round pick on him. I think he'll be there in the fifth or sixth. Okay. And I wanted to give a couple guys a shout-out that didn't make the Drew list but are very good quarterbacks. That'd be Grayson McCall from Coastal Carolina. 
and Logan Bonner from Utah State. Two really good quarterbacks. They just didn't make my top 15, but they're right on the outskirts of it. So let me ask you this then. After looking at the quarterbacks, looking at the amount of draft picks the Vikings have, looking at their current quarterback situation, will the Minnesota Vikings draft a quarterback? It doesn't matter where. Will the Minnesota Vikings draft a quarterback in the 2023 draft? Yeah, and I went back and forth in this, Ted. I am going to say no. Just because we don't have a plethora of draft picks, I'm going to say no as of right now with the amount of draft picks they got. I'm going to agree with you. I think what the Vikings want to do is get a guy to sit and learn under Kirk for a year. Absolutely. That just makes the most sense to me. Kevin O'Connell is a former quarterback. He understands the position. He understands what it takes to win playing that position in the NFL. I think what the Vikings are going to do with quarterback position, they're going to extend Kirk one. I could be talked into two, but I think it's just going to be one year. So that gets Kirk guaranteed through 2024. And I think the Minnesota Vikings, with, like you said, with only four, well, six picks right now, whatever it is, and kind of thin in the early rounds, they're not going to get a quarterback this year. They're going to wait until next year's draft. I'm going to look for Quasi to make a bunch of trades this draft like he did last year and try and stockpile picks for next year that right. will allow them to have enough ammunition to go and get a guy next season. J.J. McCarthy! <laughs> McCarthy will be ready next season, Ted. Unless there's a guy they already are going, this is who we want. They could be excited about a guy right now. They already. could, yeah. They sure, they sure could. If they want to continue on with the Kirk Cousins things, they might be excited about Kenner McKee from Stanford because he is the Kirk Cousins prototypical guy. Okay. Ted, this quarterback group could have two starters or end up with five or six and blow our minds. It could. Okay, so that's it for our first positional review this year. Quarterback position is in the books. We're going to go ahead and take a break, come back, do some trivia, and wrap up the show. So unlike Dalvin Cook, probably, we'll be right back. <laughs> here at the 18th hole of this light beer open and we've seen some real unusual shots today you said it ah. hey bob i think you got a birdie yeah. oh. i'll see how am i supposed to hit it through this tree no problem bert how's yuka going to get out of this one Calls for another light beer from Miller. Make it two. Three, four. It's a good thing light's less filling. John, the last player's approaching the tee. And when it goes to 100, you sell. I won't be long, girls. Hold my calls, will you? <laughs> it hit the weather vane. It's in the drain. Here it comes out. It's going on the green. It's going in the hole. Like beer from Miller. Everything you always wanted in a beer. And less. This open ought to be closed. Welcome to Toonces Trivia. How are you guys doing? Good, Toonces. How are you? Good, Drew. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I created this like two weeks ago. Okay. So I can't remember anything about it. Perfect for Vikings report, huh, Ted? Right. The only thing I remember is the first 
category is just standard questions. That's why I named it Boring Super Bowl Trivia. All right, here we go for 100. Boring Super Bowl Trivia. Which was the first wildcard team to win the Super Bowl? Raiders, 1980. Raiders, 1980, yep. Wow, good job, guys. Where do we go now? For 200. Who was the first left-handed quarterback to get a Super Bowl ring? Sison didn't get one. Steve Young? I think it was Steve Young. I don't think that's the answer. Let me see. Ken Stabler. Oh, duh. He beat the Vikings in Super Bowl eleven. We knew that. I got a great Stabler story for next week. All right, for 300. Who was the first singer to perform at a Super Bowl halftime show? Aretha Franklin. Was it an individual singer or was it a band? I can't remember. <laughs> I don't know the answer. <laughs> well, they, wait, wait. They did singers back in the early 70s, right? Or did that just start in like the 80s, 90s? I thought it was later than that. I thought I was going to say the stone. Carol Channing. Carol Channing. <laughs> oh, my God. Really? That yeah. chick with the weird voice? I yeah. knew you guys were never going to get that. All right, 400. Who was the first Super Bowl MVP? Max McGee, wasn't it? Bart Starr. I think it was Max McGee. Okay, if one of you guys are right, I'll give you the points because I can't remember. Oh, good job, Drew. Good job, well Drew. Done. Bart Starr. Okay, word scramble. I can't remember. It, I mean, I'm pretty sure this has something to do with the Super Bowl. So, here we go. Oh, I know what this is. It doesn't have to do with the Super Bowl. These are people that we can't wait to be off the team. Oh, okay. If they aren't already. Um, what the hell? What has cane in it, Ted? Besides coke. Cocaine. Cocaine? Um. It's not necessarily going to have cane in it, Drew. (laughs) It's the scramble. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't have duo in it either. Is that L? Is that L, the first letter? Yes. I I don't know. I don't know who it is. I don't know. Oh, Shannon Sullivan. Oh, duh. (laughs) Oh, Jandon. All right, for 200, do not come back. Um, we we suck at this. We kind of do. Go Uh, through the guys that you don't want to return. Jeez, like 40 guys. (laughs) (laughs) Not Cameron. That's a first and last name, right? Yes. Joe Lee. Joe Lee. Joe Lee. Joe Lee. Joe Lee. I don't know. I'm gonna I got say numbers. I'm gonna say Gila Jorn. <laughs> <sighs> Jalen. Oh, man, we're gonna killed at this. We are. Let's All get right. one at least. Come on now. Who am I? Ted, why can't we get this? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, hold on, hold on. Okay, it's time for clues. He's on the defense. Okay. Skip Hicks. Sid Burke. I don't Nothing. Secondary. I, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> Boyd. Oh my god. We are not going to win these scramble contests, Ted. I make a petition <laughs> to never have a word scramble again. I, I agree. <laughs> Last one. Do not come back, please. E committee. Hint this is not a player. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I feel so stupid. Oh my god. Oh god. Okay, we're not doing that anymore. We're so dumb. That's just dumb. Okay. We just yeah, look stupid. I agree with the ban. <laughs> All right. This is Picture Puzzle. We're Super Bowl quarterbacks, and you have a chance to catch up, I think. We're going to sweep this. I think you are. Here we go for 100. Name the quarterback. Who's that first Ben, ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the chick? Who's the chick? That's, That's David, David Lee Ross. Lee Ross. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Who's, who's, who's the chick? Who's the chick? That's David Lee <laughs> Alright. Worst Super Bowl quarterbacks. Name the quarterback. Ken. Ken. Um, Anderson. No, wait. Ken. Um, Elliot. There's no Ken Elliot. It's been a Super Bowl. Elliot Ness. Oh my god. Ken O'Brien. He didn't win it. It wasn't in a Super Bowl. Somebody early 70s. Ken Stabler. Ken Stabler. He won a Super Bowl. I know. He's on the list of worst Super Bowl quarterbacks ever. Oh. All right. For 300, name the quarterback. Doug. Doug. Bill. Doug. Doug. Peterson. Doug. Fresh Carrot. Doug. <laughs> Doug Williams. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love the picture puzzle. <laughs> Dougie uh, Williams. All right, I'm going to win, but for 400, here we go. Last one. Name the quarterback. Is that Iggy Pop? Who is that? Picklefer? Dill. Oh, Trent Dilfer. <laughs> <laughs> is that Trent Reznor? That is Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails. All right, next week will be better. We'll see you next week. No scrambled eggs. Let's not do any scrambled <laughs> eggs next week. We suck at that. So episode 89 is in the books. Ryan Flores is the Vikings' new defensive coordinator. Got an exciting offseason ahead if you're a Minnesota Vikings fan. Got a lot to look forward to. Next week, we'll be back with our running back big board and any news and information that comes along throughout the course of the week. Drew, thanks so much for being a, a great co-host. Ruby, thanks so much for, for all of the hard work you do in producing this show. Thanks, you guys, for getting all the prizes and maintaining the prize vault you guys just do a whale of a job folks we'll try to do better the next time drew why don't you take us home i love a job tonight ted thank you and we are finally into the drew big boards buddy we are on to a new vikings offseason you know i should say something about rowdy dangerville since he passed away he had surgery when he was 80 for something in his brain was bleeding and he had to get surgery and somebody asked him rodney how long do you expect to be in the hospital and he said about a week if things go good and if they go bad, about an hour and a half. <laughs> That's how great Rodney was. He was always funny all the time. And I'm glad we could do some back to school tonight. And episode 89 is finished, Ted. Let's look forward to next week and say goodnight, Ted. Good night, Ted. Hi there. Are you a large person? Pleasantly plump? A little on a hefty side, perhaps? Well, let's face it. Are you fat? When you go jogging, do you leave potholes? When you make love, do you have to give directions? At the zoo, do elephants throw you peanuts? Do you look at a menu and say, okay? Mm -hmm.